Hi, I'm Victor Milligan. And I'm Jennifer Isabella. Your co-host for Forrester's podcast, What It Means, where we explore the major changes in the market influencing executive priorities. As a preview of what you can expect at our upcoming CX Forum in Europe, we're sharing senior analyst Jennifer Wise's keynote on seamless experiences. Let's take a listen. Uh, So now we're going to not quite pivot, but pick up where that conversation started, which is exploring what a seamless experience is. Right, we can talk about it, it sounds really great, it's something we want to try to create, um, but how many people could actually define it? So I'm going to spend this next section presenting to you some of the research that we're doing around seamless experiences, what they are, what the opportunity is, and how you can begin to make changes tomorrow to create these experiences. And so where this question sort of starts is by thinking of what are the seams that we come across today. We say this because some people talk about seamless experiences, like it's just continuity as you hop across different screens. But is it more than that? And so here's an example of a seam that I experience constantly, and I'm honestly really happy I now have this platform so I can just vent about it, because it drives me really crazy. Um, JetBlue. I fly it all the time. I also fly all the time. So because of that, I'm a Mosaic member. That comes with some benefits, such as expedited security, expedited boarding. You can get a free cocktail on board if you want to. It's also off the record, but if you ask at the gate, you get a free upgrade to even more space seat. And you also get a dedicated support line. I'm sure everyone can appreciate the value proposition here. Right, how often have you been stressed and you have to change a flight and you call and they're always experiencing wait times longer than usual? Right, so getting to just call and talk to someone on the phone is great. And so this is what the experience looks like. So I'm logged into the app. I only see this if I'm logged in in a Mosaic member. It's the only way I access this link. I click the link. Do I want to call? Sure do. Okay, let's call. And then I'm connected. And this seems great. I'm ready to talk to a person. And then I hear this. Thank you for calling JetBlue. You have reached our dedicated phone line for TrueBlue Mosaic members. Great. Ready to talk to someone now? Please enter your TrueBlue number followed by the pound sign. Okay. Does anyone see a problem here? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, my TrueBlue number. That is a random 10-digit number that JetBlue has provided to me, um, which you know, I don't have memorized, so I have to be looking at my TrueBlue account to input it. But like right now I'm looking at this phone call, right? And I'm gonna have to keep doing that because I'm gonna have to type it into the keyboard. And so what do I have to do now? Well, now I have to flip between the app and the phone and try to remember the numbers that I can, but I can't remember all 10 off the top of my head, so then I'm flipping back into the app and then I'm flipping back into here. And by the end of it, I just think that this is crazy, right? So I called them. They already know I'm Mosaic, because that's the only way I have access to the line. I'm also calling them from my account, which is linked to my phone number, right? So they could confirm that way. And then they're asking me to input it in a way that's nearly impossible for me, because the only way I can access it is through my phone. So that is a seam. Drives me crazy every time. Now, in the research, there were some seamless experiences that came up, such as Marriott. I can, through the app, check in, check out, and the real kicker is there's a digital key that can be used to get into the room. And this is an example my colleague brought to me as something that's great. 
And then in the next sentence, she said this. Yeah, but it's inconsistent across properties. There's technical glitches. Sometimes you end up at the front desk anyway. So by solving that front desk line seam, they've introduced new ones. Right? I end up at the front desk, and it only takes me longer because of these tech glitches. Um, and I also have to sort of recalibrate my expectations at every Marriott to know if they have it or not. Right, so when we look at this, we see that seams are not just traversing across devices. They happen in one channel, online and offline, every time you get um, bumped up to the manager and have to restate your problem, right? Scenes take many different forms and traverse time and contexts. So then what exactly is seamless? Is our goal to eradicate every single seam that we come across, right? Every single step. You have to think, you know, the answer is probably no. As David mentioned, some scenes are helpful, right? I'm happy to put my password into my uh, JetBlue account at the get-go, right, so that I know that it's a secure account, but then I don't want to have to put in that extra work to revalidate that I am a Mosaic member to JetBlue. So this brings us to the definition of seamless experience. It's an experience that a user can interact with and comprehend with no extraneous effort. And the key here is no extraneous effort. We're not saying that there can be no effort to interact. Right? It just can't be extraneous effort. I can put in the effort to, put, to sign in to my JetBlue account, but then it's extraneous effort for me to have to revalidate that I'm a member. So now that we've discussed all the different types of seams that we can have, what a seamless experience actually is, we have to ask ourselves, this seems really hard to do. Right? In fact, is this impossible to do? And that's where I have to say, seamless experiences have a bit of unicorn potential. That's partly because no one really knows exactly what it means, so we spent some time on that. Um, but also because no matter how hard and long you spend designing an experience and how long engineers spend building it, you still might have seams. And that's because of three root causes of seams that are beyond your control. And those are human capabilities, human behaviors, and technology obstacles. So what do we mean by these? Human capabilities. As humans, at a biological level, right, we sense, perceive, think, process in very specific ways ingrained within us. Right? We create mental shortcuts to decide where our attention should go. We can only hold seven numbers, plus or minus two, in our working memory at a time. There are several items. And this is just going to be the case, no matter what your pretty designed experience wants us to do. Right? And so this has the opportunity, when not accounted for, to introduce themes. And it's more than just uh, cognitive capabilities. We're also thinking of visual, auditory, physical capabilities. Right? There are more than one billion people who have a disability, an aging population that's growing. And so we also have to consider accessibility. And then there's human behaviors. Right, this is how I act and think and do things, regardless, again, of what your experience wants. So let's think of buying a house. Right, there are certain steps that everyone tends to go through and commonalities and criteria that you think about. And so real estate company Redfin has pretty much solved for all of this. So we'll send me a notification of a house that fits my criteria. Looks good. Let's check it out. I'll click on it. And on the site, I can see the travel time to my office, which it auto-inputs during rush hour. I can talk to an agent who's going to respond to me in real time. I can set up a tour, and I can even start a bid. So I could buy an entire house from discovery to bid in one sitting on this mobile phone. 
but this experience is still prone to seams. And that's because I'm actually gonna do this, right? I'm gonna look at it when I'm on the bus on the way to work. I'm gonna go to work, maybe forget about it for a while. Later, I'm gonna be on that bus again, checking the house listings, and then another day maybe even. I'm gonna to wanna to look at this on Google Maps on my laptop, just to really double check the commute. And also, I'm not gonna schedule a tour unless I have my physical calendar, which is my source of truth of everything in the world, which lives on my desktop at home, right? So that seamless experience is still prone to these seams due to human behavior. And then we have technical obstacles. Right? These are aspects of the built environment. And here we're looking at things like data integration, continuity, responsive design, maturity of location, um, data that's being used for services. And when these aren't implemented correctly, they present seams. And also in some cases, the technology is too immature or may not exist yet to overcome the seam that you want. So another example from JetBlue, a reminder, I love them, not trying to pick on them, um, but when I'm logged into a flight, this happened a recent flight from LA, um, it gives me my boarding information on the app, a boarding pass within the app, and a boarding pass in my wallet that I got from the app, right? So all of this derives from JetBlue. The flight is delayed. The boarding, new boarding time, two of the three agree. The door close time, two of the three agree, not the same two as before, though. And then the depart time. Again, we got two out of three agreeing. But so when I look across all of these, no two agree, I'm not confident I know what time it is, I end up going to the gate agent or checking the departure screen, right? So a seam because of that technology. So what do we do about this? Do we just accept that this is a unicorn? And the answer is no, right? There's got to be something that can fix this. And so the answer, and we asked this of Chris earlier, is can new technology remove these seams? New technologies like AI, machine learning, natural language, voice-activated devices, can they help? Can they turn that unicorn into a possibility? And it seems like there's potential, right? So to address human capabilities, new technologies that use speech, interact with the user, matches their mental model, reduces cognitive load by providing proactive recommendations, that can help make experiences more intuitive. Right? Rather than have to say, I want to increase the volume by two points, I can say, okay, Google, turn it up, right? Natural language. To address human behavior, what if we can know more about their context, right? Help to build bridges over different devices and different channels and online and offline touch points, right? So what if rather than having a set path that the user had to walk through, the experience could be more adaptive? So here's an example of Starbucks, mobile order. It's going to suggest where I should go based on my location or previous orders, but it's also gonna provide me the opportunity to say, hey, I'm doing something different today, right? Let adapt to my behavior. And then there's technology, right? What if technology was smarter? What if it knew more? Could it become more integrative, both on the back end, but also into our lives? So here again, I accept I have to log in with my password to an experience because it's respecting my privacy, right, and the access to that account. But here, using facial recognition, I don't even have to tell my phone right, that I'm trying to log in, I just move it and it tries to scan for my face and if it finds that it's unlocked, totally remove that scene. Even from like every unflattering angle in the entire world, I always think this is really, really great. So is new technology the answer? Well, proceed with caution. 
question is the truth, because new technologies are still prone to old problems. Right? You're dealing with uncharted territory here. Yes, I know how to talk to a person. That's intuitive to me. But is it intuitive how I talk to a device? Do I know what it's going to say back? Right? Do I know if it's even listening, if it's on? And so to do this, you're going to have to still plan for the human, the technology component, and then the design process that brings it together. And so how are we going to do this? So for human, to build a seamless experience, we're going to have to understand the basic signs about how people interact. If we're going to have people that are interacting with devices in ways that are more human, we have to understand that dynamic. Right? In VR, how do people gesture? How do they signal that they want something with a gesture? Right? If I nod, does that mean yes, and I want to make a change to something in the VR experience? Also, not just how do people say things, but how do they converse, right? Chris mentioned this too, how do we build a conversation? And how do we also process auditory information if we remove the screen? And so for that, we're going to do a quick test. Okay, everyone, listen up. Something's going to play, then each of you are gonna to try to repeat it back as loudly and confidently as you can, just as you heard it, ready? Nine seven two five ten six three one four eight fifty two. Okay, who got it? Anybody? Raise your hand. Do you think you got it? Yeah, right. Cognitive load. You can only carry seven items in your working memory at a time. This is why that was impossible almost for you to remember. That's why you're probably feeling a little bit like this. I don't know what just happened or how you thought I would know what that was. Right? And then unlike the JetBlue example where I could go back to my screen, as frustrating as that was to see the numbers, here it was just auditory, right? You have nothing else to look at. You also, while that was going, I'd be like, you need to stop, right? If I was saying that, you'd be like, stop, Jenny, this is too fast, <laughs> let's go a few numbers at a time. But you couldn't have that conversational dynamic with an automated voice. And this is the basic science that sometimes isn't acknowledged in experiences and why they fall flat. So here's an example of a uh, Alexa skill for recipes, and someone in our community panel let us know what they thought about it. And this is what they said, right? I couldn't get what I hoped for, hundreds of results, had to listen one by one, couldn't skip ahead, just gave up after 30. Can you imagine if those 10 numbers that were just said are overwhelming, how overwhelming it is to listen to 30 recipes? And like, if you liked the second one, are you gonna have any idea what that recipe is by the time you're on the 30th? So understanding people for technology. Yes, emerging technology is great, and yes, it's also still relatively immature. So you have to know the limits of today's technology. Again, thinking of that voice interaction. Natural language sounds great. We have technology that's becoming increasingly intelligent and can match words to intent and data and return it in a natural way. Um, but this is made up of a lot of different components. Right, there's natural language processing, natural language understanding, natural language generation, just to create this two-way dynamic. And can the device discern between your voice and another voice? Right, what if there's ambient noise in the background? Right, so there's still these limitations and constraints that have to be considered when you think you're creating a more human intuitive interaction. And finally, there's the process. So, you're probably familiar with the design process. I won't spend time going over all of it, but you begin by empathizing with the customer, defining the problem, you ideate, you prototype, you test. You still wanna go through this process to create seamless experiences with emerging technology, but you do wanna augment it based on some of the unique characteristics. 
right? Use new tools and methods, and also some old methods, bring them out, dust them off, and employ them as well. And so I won't go through all of the steps, but a quick example of research. You cannot come up with these experiences sitting behind a desk, even talking to your really, really smart colleagues. You're gonna have to go in context and see how the experience goes. And that's what Staples found out when they wanted to launch a voice-activated experience to help reorder office supplies. And so they went to go test it out in context. And they found that when people were in the hallways saying it, or if it was at a desk that was set up in a busy area, the ambient noise and random conversation made it impossible for this device to actually capture anything valuable. But then by continuing to follow the office assistant as they went about their day, they found, oh, well, when people are in the supply room, it's really quiet. And that's actually a great opportunity to employ voice. Only something that was understood because they did that ethnographic in context research. Also, you're going to want to prototype in different ways. Um, and some of this is going to be rather low fidelity and actually use people to mimic the technology to save you time and resources from building out a full idea before you test. Quick example there is a company that wanted to help parents monitor behavior of their children on Facebook but not feel like a watchdog. And so when it flagged something, it would send a notification to both the parent and the child in one chat um, and so that they could facilitate a conversation. And rather than build any of this, what they did is they had a human pretending to be the algorithm, identifying things and flagging it, using Slack conversations to again send an automated response to the family and see how they converse. And that allowed them to understand what factors matter in the algorithm and what facilitates a good conversation before building anything. And finally, test if it's effective. Right, have you actually removed seams, or maybe worse, have you introduced some new ones? This is thinking of Starbucks, mobile order. Great, I get to cut the line. But did you get my order right? right what is the dwell time at the pickup counter? Right, how many people are returning drinks to change it? Also, what is this experience like when I have to like, touch everyone's cup and like, check to see if this is the right muffin when it's like someone else's muffin? Right, how is that from an experiential point of view? And also, what about all the other people that are still waiting in line? Right? I had an experience where I did the old school ordering. There was one person in front of me, thought I'd be in and out quickly, and I sat there while they made 10 drinks for mobile orders, and I just wanted my coffee. Right? So have you introduced new scenes? And so this is when we think about seamless experiences. We know it's complex. But what we've done is discuss what does it actually mean? Can we make this some tangible goal that we can strive to create? And then how can we go about creating it in ways using new emerging technologies that are going to be effective? And so since this was a lot to pack into this time, if you walk away with three things, I hope they're this. Fix, learn, and use. So what do these mean? So seamless experiences, yes, they're a little unicorn potential. I will give you that. But there are those seams today that can be fixed and should be fixed to meet customer expectations, so fix them. Learn. New technology is not going to overcome all human constraints and technology constraints. Technology may be immature. Human constraints are going to maybe be some new ones you haven't thought about before. So ensure that you learn these new constraints. And finally, use. Continue using the design process, but be aware that there are new methods available as well as 
old methods, right, like that Wizard of Oz, pretend to be the technology method, that can be employed to help build these seamless experiences. So ensure that you use them. With that, thank you. Learn how you can use CX as an engine of growth for your organization. Join Jennifer and other Forrester analysts and customer experience leaders in London next week for CX Europe. For more information and to reserve your seat, visit for.com slash CX Europe. That's F-O-R-R dot com slash CX Europe. Thanks for listening.